COVID stress. It's a thing. What's a normal reaction to it? And what can we do to effectively deal with it? On this episode of The Best of Health, we take a deep breath and talk about stress. Usually if we're dealing with some kind of large event that happens, it affects a small group of people or even a lot of people, but not everyone. And this situation has really affected everyone. There's no one that's escaped kind of the impact of the current situation that we're in. There are few things more important to your life than your health. You want the best of it. We want the best of it for you. That's why we're giving you the Best of Health podcast, where we cover a number of healthcare issues that affect you, your family, as well as the physicians, providers, and staff that help you on your healthcare journey, right here at Confluence Health. No doubt about it, the past couple months have been anxious for us all in a way none of us could have anticipated. Taking forced isolation or forced togetherness, depending on your family situation, add some job stress and insecurity and garnish with additional worry about your kids or elderly family members and you've created just about the perfect cocktail for anxiety. It looks like these worries aren't going anywhere, at least in the short term, so what do we do about it? For answers, we turn to two of our health professionals here at Confluence Health, Dr. Casey Grass, Confluence Health Behavioral Health Integrated Clinical Director, and Dr. Macrina Shambor, hospitalist at Central Washington Hospital. Dr. Grass and Dr. Shambor, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Now, Dr. Shambor, you deal with staff and patients on the inside of Central Washington Hospital. You also have a very interesting perspective when it comes to stress, when it comes to providers and physicians. We'll talk about that in a moment. Dr. Grass, you've heard concerns from community members and more at their most vulnerable in your regular uh, line of work. I'm going to defer to you both here. I'm sure what you're hearing when it comes to stresses absolutely runs the gamut. Dr. Grass, this is a unique situation. It is a unique situation. You know, usually if we're dealing with some kind of large event that happens, it, it affects a small group of people or even a lot of people, but not everyone. And this situation has really affected everyone. There's no one that's escaped kind of the impact of the current situation that we're in. And Dr. Shambor, you've seen this affect not only people who need care, but the caregivers in and of themselves, the people who we turn to to keep us whole, they need care as well. That's right. I just finished a survey of our providers in the last couple of weeks, and we've seen that about 40% of our providers are really worried about taking COVID back to their families, getting infected themselves, and about 20 are really struggling with anxiety and depression. And so I think it's really something that we all deal with and we all need to think about and, and that we're not alone in this anxiety. We're not alone in the anxiety, even though some of us may be alone at the end of our work days, even if our work days are at home. Dr. Grass, all of our situations are different. I mean, for me, I'm a family man. I wake up and I don't have a moment's peace because I have kids and dogs running around from sunup to sundown. For other people, they wake up and the house is silent and that's their reality. Two stresses, two different stresses reacting to the same situation. So let's talk a little bit about stress response, whether someone in my position or, or another situation could generally expect to be experienced at this time. Yeah, I think that's a great kind of perspective there that people are experiencing in very different ways, but there are some pretty similar, you know, kind of responses that we're seeing. One of those is just really high levels of anxiety. I think just the loss of routine and kind of some of the things that we can come to expect and rely on has been very disruptive. Um, and so that can kind of 
increased anxiety in the sense that we don't have control over what's going on right now. Some of the other things that we've seen are, you know, just an increase in depression. People that just are kind of losing motivation to engage in things they normally would or because they can't engage in those things in the way that would have been helpful for them in the past. Also just, you know, symptoms of anger and irritability, just uncertainty about, you know, what the next few days or a few months hold. I'm curious as to how people respond to this when it's not a specific event. I'm thinking specifically almost 20 years ago with 9-11. That was a singular event that was cataclysmic that people responded to. We're past that point now when we're dealing with coronavirus and COVID-19. This is an ongoing slow boil, slow royal that doesn't seem to have a finish line anywhere, but the stresses are real and they're not going anywhere. I'm imagining, and please feel free to talk about either the physician perspective, Dr. Shambor, or just how it's affecting folks, Dr. Grass, that's a different animal altogether, isn't it? When it comes to responding to that sort of specific stress, I'll start with you, Dr. Grass. Okay. It is. Um, there's actually a lot of research out there and kind of these phases of how we deal with like a natural disaster, for instance. And there's kind of this anticipation of, you know, that something's going to happen, we kind of get through it. And then there's kind of this recovery phase. But what's really happening now is we're we're kind of stuck in multiple phases. We are still dealing with it. We still don't know exactly what the outcome is going to look like. And we're not really able to kind of move past it because there's still just so much uncertainty. And so it does make it very unique in that regard is that there's not kind of this event that happens and now we can move forward because it's still ongoing and there's still a lot of unknowns of what those next steps are going to look like. Dr. Shambor, is there a parallel there from a physician standpoint? Because I imagine the journey that you take with a patient, they're sick, you help them, they get better. This is an ongoing situation. Is there a parallel there that you can talk about from a physician standpoint? Well, I think the one thing I've noticed taking care of patients in the hospital is that we're dealing with a lot of secondary complications of COVID. So a lot of my patients don't have COVID, but they are drinking more. They're using drugs. They're not taking their medications. They're not getting help when they have a heart attack or a stroke. And so we're seeing complications of COVID that are not COVID. Um, and I think that those, all of those complications are people trying to deal with the stress and deal with the unknown in their own way and trying to deal with it on their own. Speaking of drinking and taking drugs, let's talk about coping strategies. <laughs> note, <laughs> note I didn't talk about good coping strategies. I just said coping strategies. But seriously, let's talk about healthy ways to deal with this stress. We've all heard the jokes about the COVID-15 you know, that we're all putting on, or some of us are at least, or keeping the wine rack fully stocked. But in all seriousness, what are some good ways to deal with everything that life is throwing at us right now? I think, and in my, in my family, regular exercise has been really important. And so we've done, um, oh, boot camp in the, in the driveway, and we've hiked every peak around Wenatchee, and we've gone mountain biking, which we've never done before, which has been fun, and just done some, you know, local exploring, and that's been a really helpful way for us. I'm sure it's a great way to keep the family together. Speaking of together, this has been rough. I know for a lot of people that don't have families here in town or they're single or they, they don't have a chance for that regular connection. 
how do you address that? Yeah, I think that's a really important piece of this is that people um, are feeling just really disconnected. I know, you know, in our behavioral health department, just some of the common themes are, you know, just feeling um, very isolated and that can really um, have a toll on your mental health over time. And so, you know, we've encouraged people to, to get creative about how they can connect. So even if we can't go to school and, you know, kids can't see their friends at school or we can't get together at a restaurant for dinner or some of those things that we would normally do. What are other things that we can do? And so using some of the technology platforms, um, we're very fortunate that we have things like FaceTime or like Google Hangouts, things like that that can allow people to get together, uh, see friends, see family that maybe they can't see face to face. And that's really, really important right now to help kind of combat some of those feelings of anxiety and depression and isolation. I'm going to ask for myself here because this is something that I'm dealing with and I don't think I'm the only one. The feeling that it's just not enough. Everything that I'm doing isn't enough. I've got to hold my work down. My kids have their packet that's due on Friday that we have to deal with. And oh, by the way, when are they going to do their homework? Because we have three people on Zoom at the same time at different meetings in our house. You work as hard as you can, but you don't feel like you're covering all your bases and that low level stress. What would you say to someone who comes to you and says, I'm doing everything I can, but it's not enough? I think that's uh, something that people are genuinely experiencing. And I you know, would try to empathize with that. I think you know, there's a few strategies that you could try. Okay. I mean, I think one is try to have some type of routine because people's routines have been really disrupted and kind of thrown in the air. And yes, everybody is now at home trying to get all these things done. Um, so setting a schedule, that schedule might look really different than how it used to, but it might help you feel like, okay, we've got a little bit of control over all these kind of chaotic elements that are going on throughout the day. And the other just kind of general intervention that I recommend to people is mindfulness. Now more than ever, just taking five minutes a day to do some deep breathing or to do a guided meditation off of YouTube is really, really important because it can really help us kind of calm all those worrying thoughts about all the things that we need to get done, the thoughts that we're not getting enough done. It can really just help us kind of refocus on the present moment and feel a little bit more centered, both physically and mentally, to kind of give us that that energy and motivation to, to keep going the next day. Good thoughts, Dr. Grass. Dr. Shambor, any other thoughts on coping strategies that uh, you feel have worked for you? I think lowering some expectations as far as what we can get done at home is helpful. It's just not the same. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we tried to be on a schedule. What I've noticed is that my son naturally is a late to bed, late to get up person. And we've kind of made him be an early to bed, early up person. And this is kind of an opportunity for him to be on his own schedule. And, and that's okay. And it's actually working better for him. I think this has been an interesting time to kind of investigate what really works for each person in our family. One note before we move on from this subject about coping mechanisms, whether you're uh, late to bed, late up or early to bed, early up, I imagine that also something that can really help is sleep, right? Yes. We cannot overemphasize how important it is to get regular, consistent quality sleep. And yeah, I mean, that might look different for different people. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be at a certain time, uh, but just making sure that there is you know, that quality sleep is happening. I think people feel a real loss of sense of control, right? There's so much spinning out. And one way that people like to regain control is they want to know stuff. They want to get information. They want to feel like, okay, all this other stuff is going on, but at least I know this because I read it. 
There's a whole lot of information out there on the web. I'm not saying it's great information, but there's a whole lot of information. Let's separate the wheat from the chaff here. Dr. Grass, what are some great resources that people can turn to to make sure they're getting the right information? Well, the number one thing I've recommended to everyone that I've worked with since this crisis started is to really limit your social media uh, consumption. Um, I've found that all it has done is just increase people's anxiety because there is so much conflicting information. And there are really good sources of information out there. Um, One of those is the American Psychological Association. They have a whole page dedicated to COVID-19, and then it's broken up into different categories. So there's resources and information for frontline healthcare workers or for parents uh, with children at home. Um, So it's really kind of targeted to lots of different groups, but it's from a reputable source. It's very reliable information. And there's information that is voiced in a way that lay people can understand it, essentially. It's all written primarily for lay people. It's not really written for psychologists. Dr. Grass, that's fantastic. Dr. Shambor, any thoughts, any places that you'd like to point us to virtually on the web here where we can go and get great information? The few websites that I think are really helpful for patient information, one is um, the Mayo Clinic uh, website. Also, Stanford has some great uh, patient education. And then I really like the up-to-date information, and they have an uptodate.com. They have a good COVID-19 update, which they've kept up to date. Fantastic. Dr. Shambor, Dr. Grass, thank you so much for your time. You've given us such great information. Before we let you go today, is there anything that you'd like to add, anything that we missed when it comes to stress, stress response, how to deal with this issue with no clear finish line in sight? I really would encourage people to reach out, to reach out to the people in their sphere that they haven't heard from in a while, because there are a lot of people who are afraid to call or don't know how to call or just need some help connecting. And so what I've seen in the hospital is that there's a lot of, especially our older patients that can't figure out how to do their cell phone, but they'll answer it. They just can't figure out to call. And so I think making that effort to reach out to the people in your sphere and especially the people you haven't heard from in a while. Don't be afraid to be the person who makes the first move, essentially. Yeah. Dr. Shambor, fantastic information. Dr. Grass, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, I definitely second what Dr. Shambor is saying, that it's really important to connect with those that you maybe haven't connected with. But I also just really want to encourage people that there are tons of resources out there. If you need someone other than, you know, family and friends, or maybe you don't have those people in your life to connect with, but you need some support. So I would just encourage people to reach out to mental health resources in their community because we're here to help and we want to be able to help support people and help get them through this crisis uh, physically and mentally safe and sound. This is a really important topic and you've given us some great things to think about and perhaps actions to pursue. So Dr. Grass, Dr. Shambor, thank you so much for your time, your talents and giving your perspective. Thanks, Clint. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Well, this conversation is over, but more is on the way. So like us, subscribe and visit us at confluencehealth.org. I'm Clint Strand for Confluence Health, wishing you the best of health.